Hi, everybody. It's Joey Remini here from Seeking Balance International. You can visit me at seekingbalance.com.au. I'm a vestibular audiologist and neuroplasticity therapist, and I help people who are living with chronic, debilitating, persistent vertigo, dizziness, or any type of tinnitus. And one of my favorite parts of my job is meeting people from all around the world and actually witnessing firsthand their recovery process. And today, I am absolutely delighted to introduce you to Dawn, who is calling in today from the USA. So welcome to the call, Dawn. Hi. Thanks for having me. Oh, it's just a treat. It really is a treat. So thank you for making the time and thank you for being brave because there are so many people out there who are just, you know, a bit camera shy or don't like the idea of being on the internet. But I'm really passionate about sharing more positive, productive, helpful recovery stories for people living with these enigmatic symptoms. Both vertigo, dizziness and tinnitus are all really quite poorly understood and one of the reasons for that is just because the human body is a miracle. It's so complex. There's so much mm -hmm. going on. And, you know, beyond our biology, so all of the little workings of our inner ears and the neurons in our brain and hormones and neurotransmitters, beyond the physical stuff, there's all the invisible world, you know, the emotional, mental, spiritual aspects of being alive. Mm -hmm. And so the poor old doctors just can't explain it all. And unfortunately, people are often told, live with it. There's nothing you can be done blah, blah, blah. So do you want to tell us about your journey? I know you had chronic dizziness over a span of, I think, 18 years. Yes. Mm -hmm. tell, us, tell us a little bit about, you know, what, what you were feeling before you began the Rocksteady program, before you began Beautiful Balance, before you entered the neuroplasticity healing. Where were you at in the, when, you know, initially? Sure. Um, yeah, it's been a really long time when I think about it. Um, I had a birthday this week. <laughs> it's almost half my life um, that I've been dizzy. So 18 years ago, between my first child and my second child, I woke up one morning um, out of bed and sat up and, you know, the room was spinning and I ended up passing out and then threw up everywhere and blah, blah, blah. It was awful. Um, and then I begged my husband to take me to the emergency room because I figured I was dying. Um, <laughs> and so we went there and, you know, at the time they just said, we think you have an infection. Um, we're not really sure it should go away. Well, we went home and that initial spinning stopped and I don't think I've ever returned to that. Um, so I still don't know if it was BPPV or something else, but there was that initial episode. But then after, um, somewhere in there too, I had a miscarriage. So there are a couple things going on. Hmm. And, um, then the vertigo just became, or the dizziness, not quite right, became daily. And so then I started that rabbit trail of seeing all kinds of doctors initially, um, my primary care first off and then went to um, neurologists and had MRIs and then went to vestibular audiologists and had all the yucky tests that they do that dizzy mm -hmm. people hate. <laughs> um, and nothing showed up. Um, you know, at that point in time, almost 20 years ago, there was not a lot of info. And the only thing, the only options really presented to me were I had Meniere's disease 
or I had um, the beginnings of MS, which were ruled out multiple times. Um, and other than that, they just had no answers. Hmm. And so from there, I, I tried all kinds of crazy stuff. I tried magnets. I tried um, visual therapy quite a few times. I did a lot of vestibular rehab. I did, um, I even entered a bunch of studies at the universities nearby studying dizzy people and what was, you know, how they could deal. So they put me on these funny wobble boards and connect things to my head and keep track of how dizzy I was. And, um, it, yeah, it was, I spent a lot of time and in the middle of that, so that was five years, maybe of really intense looking into it. I also had two more kids. Um, and so <laughs> all of that time was a blur, a blur of dizziness and babies, really. Um, did, you ever, then, did you ever actually get further diagnosis down the track as, as information and technology and everything was kind of dropping into the medical world? No. So what happened was probably around year seven, we'll say, um, someone suggested I go to the, an upper cervical specialist or a chiropractor that just deals with the upper part of the spine. She said, you know, this is it. This is the answer for you. Well, for whatever reason, that treatment, um, did help. And I had a huge remission for a while. And so then at that point I thought, okay, I found the answer. This is my problem. It's in my neck. We're all good. Well, so I went for four maybe four years there, so that would be seven, eight, nine, 10, 11. Yeah, for maybe four years. And I had relative success with that, enough that I felt like I could live my life. And I stopped seeing her for a while. And then things in life got busy. We added a couple more kids. We have five, um, lots of just kind of traumas within the family went on and um, the vertigo started coming back really intense. And then I went back to the chiropractor and that was no longer helping. And I was going weekly um, to the point that my neck was starting to hurt a lot. But because that had, I thought that's what had helped. I was scared to stop going. And so I just kept going and going and going. Mm -hmm. And she just said, well, at least, you know, at least it's helping some, which it stopped. And then I started the whole circle again of doing more vestibular rehab and more vision therapy. And, um, and then that leads me to when I found you. <laughs> do you remember how you found me? Was it on YouTube? I or do. I remember? Mm -hmm. No. Uh, so, um, right around Christmas last year, uh, between Thanksgiving and Christmas, things got really intense to the worst they had ever been to the point where I felt like, my whole entire day was just centered around how am I going to get through this day and take care of everything I have to get done, not just what I want to do, but have to get done um, with my dizziness. And that was what I thought of every single morning when I woke up and it was how I planned my day. And I spent probably 50, 60% of the day laying down for a good month or two. Yeah. And so by this stage, would you say that you resonated with the triple PD diagnosis? Yes. Yeah. So for and those that, I, I had that I even found on my own too, because I had had no doctor even bring that up. Yeah. I remember going to my physical therapist and saying, I think this is it. I think this is what I have. And she had never heard of it. Um, you know, yeah. meanwhile, she's giving me all these exercises and yeah. So the one you asked how I found you, 
I, during those two months was just, um, my faith is really important to me. And, um, you and I've talked about this a lot, uh, during my beautiful balance meetings, but, um, I was just praying and praying and praying for a solution. And one day I like to listen to podcasts because I can, when I was dizzy, I couldn't read and I couldn't often watch TV. So I would listen a lot to a lot of things. So I typed in my podcast thing, Vertigo, thinking this is really goofy. <laughs> it is going to have a podcast about Vertigo. <laughs> and there you were and you popped up. And not only do you have like one, but you had lots and they were long and they explained everything I've ever felt. And um, so I felt so encouraged. I felt a little crazy because I'm here in the U.S. and you're across the ocean, but <laughs> you Actually, got answers. Actually, I remember now when we very first met and you were like, I feel, you were like, I feel really silly. Like I found you on a podcast and now I'm yes. talking to you in Australia. <laughs> like it's yeah. happening, like what? And, and you were like, I don't want to like make this even more goofy, but I actually prayed to God and then you popped up. Yeah, <laughs> and you I was did. Like, <laughs> and I really believe in divine timing because sometimes, mm-hmm. and, and I say this to a lot of my clients and to all of you folks out there listening we can't rush the process like there are invisible things happening that we are not aware of and processes that just have to kind of keep rolling and and that's where the spiritual connection piece comes into it we need to be able to connect to ourselves and trust the process and connect to the world outside of ourselves our family ecology nature Mm -hmm. community and you know there are some things we can't rush and that can be very painful. You know, you went through a solid 17 years of dizziness, chronic. Um, and I'm sure you remember waking up with dread in the morning and just going, Oh my God, I've got to get through another day. Yes. very much. Yeah. And that's often where people are, especially by the time they're ready to go through something like the Rocksteady program or the beautiful balance program. It's, it's essentially living with daily dread. So mm-hmm. do you want to talk through what made you commit to this, you know, online journey you know after being told by so many people there's nothing you can do um sounds like you connected well with the podcast and it just felt like really good timing for you but what was that then the journey of opening up your heart to the new possibility to learning about neuroplasticity do you want to talk a little bit about um your recovery and healing and and the other question people often email me is how long did it take you like obviously everyone's different but how long did it take you to feel the benefit and start to go oh my God, I'm really not dizzy anymore. I'm having whole days of no dizziness. Do you yeah. remember the rough timeline? Yeah. Um, so I think what was helpful is that initially the, in listening to those podcasts, you, you so accurately described what I was experiencing, which I hadn't had anybody kind of mirror that back to me. So that was comforting. Um, I think that, you know, finally thinking that the, um, not the B, PPV, but the triple P. D. D. (laughs) Um, It it just, I think it gave me a word for what I had experienced, which was helpful because it's better than just feeling like, okay, I'm nuts and nobody, nobody believes me. Nobody can see what's going on in my head on a daily basis. So that was huge. Um, And then I think, I have always approached, tried to approach my health holistically. Um, but there was a piece, I guess, missing between 
my mind and my body connection and a lot of the things that I listened to with you resonated that um, somehow I wasn't allowing those two to connect and so there was something that just kind of triggered a, an aha moment and that I think that's the piece I'm missing and clearly nobody outside of me mm. is giving me the answers I need and I really searched and searched and searched and um and I was also I was wasting so much time that was a big thing too at the time that I um found you I was doing two to three appointments a week which were each 45 minutes away and so I felt like all I was doing was yeah. driving to these appointments doing the appointment, coming home, waiting for the next one. And it was time and money that I was really sick of spending. So that was huge. Those were um, kind of the initial things, I think. Um, I started with the free, so I listened to lots of podcasts. Then I did the free seven-day. And I think um, the neuroplasticity workshop, the hour-long mm. explanation of that, um, finally made me think, oh, well, that makes sense. I had this kind of traumatic, traumatic event where I woke up and everything was crazy. And I, and I dealt with a lot of anxiety. I've been on anti-anxiety meds too. And so the whole idea that I had somehow, my body had hardwired, my brain had hardwired in this fight or flight reaction mm. really resonated with me. Um, mm. That piece. Yeah. And, and so... You guys. Sorry, I was, I was just going to say from there, then I um, I was like, well, she knows what she's talking about. <laughs> so I talked to my husband, and um, even though I still felt like I was a little crazy, I was like, okay, I'm going to buy this package for my birthday. It was my birthday last year around this time. And so I got the package, and then I was just so impressed with um, Rocksteady and was excited about what I was learning. And then, um, but I felt like, there were a couple issues in my past that would hold me back and I just wanted help with. And you offered that help and I was like, it's either all or nothing. Like I'm gonna do this, mm. give it a hundred percent chance of working or I'm not, so yeah. So do you remember, like I'm, it's just been so beautiful watching you heal and, it, mm. and, and from an outsider's perspective, you know, I, I think you really had that slow and steady approach to recovery and, and managing five children as well really it's such a credit to you mm. um, but do you remember how much time a day you could squeeze in for your rock steady daily practice and just coming back to that question do you remember how many weeks down the track it was because i remember it was in one of our early sessions it might have been like session four or something you were just like it's not there anymore like i'm having whole days without dizziness do you remember roughly how long that was for you so how many, how many minutes a day you're practicing and then how long until you really felt like, oh my God, it's working? Yeah. So I, um, I had kind of been in a routine of doing the vestibular exercises before you mm -hmm. like two to three times a day. So I would say I continued that of doing rock steady two to three times a day. Three mm -hmm. was my, always my goal of like five minutes each. Okay. Um, just. And part of it was once I started, especially doing the body scans and um, the standing ones with my eyes closed in particular, mm. calmed my nervous system so much and helped me find my center that it was, I almost looked forward to the next time I could get to do it because it would be so rewarding. 
Um, mm. And I would say it was around week two where I really felt like, oh my goodness, something's different here. Mm. Something feels different. Um, but I had gotten my hopes up in the past <laughs> where I'd, you know, done things for a little bit and thought, okay, this is working. I'm getting better. And then it would all come back. So I kind of reserved that excitement. And it was probably around week four where I thought, no, this is really like really different this time. Um, and this is sticking. And instead of me feeling like it was coming from the outside, I felt like I had more control over mm. the situation. Yeah. Beautiful. And so if you could explain to somebody who's not sure about neuroplasticity, and, mm -hmm. and I think it can get, and it is confusing, let's face it, there's not much information yeah. out there. There's very few practitioners teaching in this. And so a lot of people will end up doing the vestibular physiotherapy thing or eye exercises, and they're stuck on this generic route of doing a generic program and potentially doing far too much of it for far too long and really depleting their trust in themselves, trust in the healing process and exhausting their own reserves. So to contrast that kind of generic physical exercise program to neuroplasticity, which is much more of like the body scanning, looking at desired feelings, looking at firing neurons that make you feel the way you want to feel. Do you want to talk through the, the difference between those two processes? Cause you've actually tried both. Yeah. Yeah. Um, it's that difference. <laughs> it's that difference that was huge, but yet so small. I don't know how to, mm. to describe it other than um, a lot of the balance exercises that you have in module one are things I had done a million times. And so mm. part of me was like, okay, I've done this. Um, and I kind of feel like I kind of felt like a trick pony or something. I was like, I can do these things, but I don't feel any better. And what I, the big thing for me was the phrase somewhere in there where you talked about finding your steadiness. Yeah. Totally. What I recognized was I was doing all these vestibular exercises and vision therapy as well with the goal of making myself feel dizzy. And then like I was looking for the dizziness, I was ingraining it over and over again. <laughs> and so when you said that, I was like, oh, I have to, it was just the smallest shift, but I, once I did that, I was like, I am steady. What am I, you know, Yeah. I I think, my mind may think I'm moving around, but I'm steady. I'm standing here. I'm still. And so that was the huge shift for me. It was just this amazing thing. Thank you so much for explaining that because a lot of physiotherapists are trained to tell people, you know, you've got to elicit the dizziness in order to overcome it. And for some types of vestibular conditions, that's true, right? But yeah. Not, not for triple PD and not from vestibular migraine and not really for chronic dizziness. It's more for acute labyrinthitis or neuronitis. Sure. So a lot of people are told like, you know, you got to push through the dizziness, you got to spin around, you got to do this and you got to feel dizzy and, you know, play hard or don't play at all kind of. And yeah. when it comes to neuroplasticity, that's all thrown out the window. Like in neuroplasticity, it's so important that you feel loved, you mm. feel spacious, you feel relaxed, you feel accepted as you are, no judgment. So like you really want to be in this place of safety. And if I go back to the analogy of learning the piano, you know, if someone's like, play the piano until your fingers bleed, you know, play hard, you know, you've, you've got you to feel the pain. 
Like you're not going to learn anything. Or if someone has a gun to your head while you're trying to play the piano, you're not going to be able to, you'll be like terrified to touch a note. Right. Mm -hmm. But if someone's beside you saying, this is wonderful, make any sound at all, just, you know, play with it, take your time, go slow, rest as much as you want. If you're getting all of that messaging, that's like, this is safe. You'll never be judged. You can't go wrong. You're much more likely to learn. Yeah. And to try. And so neuroplasticity needs to be in a place of loving kindness, relaxation and safety, first of all. So the fight, flight, freeze aspects of our nervous system and our psychology need to really be under control. And so that's where shifting it from finding dizziness, analyzing dizziness, triggering dizziness and making that the pure goal to get rid of dizziness or tinnitus for that matter just throwing all of that out the window and then suddenly going, actually, I don't want to focus on my symptoms anymore. I want to focus on my desired feelings, which in rock steady, we say, let's focus on steadiness. Yes. And when we focus in on steadiness, regardless of whether we're sitting, standing, balancing, bending, whatever, that's when the neural networks of steadiness can all fire in synchrony and strengthen. And suddenly it's like, Oh, I'm steady quite often now. Cause we've, yeah. <laughs> we've taught those neural networks how to stay constantly active instead of always going back to the loop of dizziness. Right. So that's yeah. when, that's where the neuroplasticity kicks in. It's very much an emotional <clears throat> an emotional retraining mm-hmm. almost more so than physical. Well, yeah. And I think the idea of feeling safe um, yeah. was something I had lost. I mean, I really had lost and I, yeah, I felt unsafe. I felt that my body was betraying me and, um, <clears throat> and that idea of fight, flight, or, f- yeah, Freeze. whatever. <laughs> I always fly. Um, was such a part of what had, I don't know, it just, it's something I was very aware of, but I didn't know how to stop it. I just thought, okay, I'm that way. That's just how I am. And there's no, yeah. and so I lived in this constant state of, like physical anxiety as, as well as emotional, but um, just didn't yeah. trust. Yeah. And it's all connected. And, you know, one of the, one of the most important ingredients for healing <clears throat> is learning to believe in your body and trust your body okay. to do what it's born to do, which is to be natural and healthy and balanced. Mm-hmm. And I said this a bunch of times, but one of my favorite lectures when I was in my master's degree at the university of Melbourne was from Dr. Joanne Entercott, who was giving us the vestibular lectures and, um, and she said, you know, your brain doesn't like being dizzy. It's seeking balance. It's always seeking a neural firing system that feels homeostatic and feels in harmony. And so your brain and your body are on your team and they're always searching for the best algorithm or the best pattern, the best, right? Yeah. And if we're constantly saying to our brain, but what about the tinnitus? But what about the dizziness? But is it this today? Is it that today? What, what level is it? What, if I do this, will it happen? We're actually telling the brain to always come back to the symptoms. And so the symptom firing patterns are really front and center. And so there is this mind, body, heart inter, interconnect where for healing, we've got to trust the process, trust our body, but also get access to our truth and in our heart and in our soul and in our spirit and in our faith, you know, what am I really lacking in my life? What, what's missing? Because I've, I've said this to a bunch of clients recently, you know, when we have a passion project that we're just in love with, you Mm -hmm. lay in bed at night, like visualizing it, dreaming it up, like 
you can't take your mind off it. You're like obsessed with this passion. Um, and an example of that recently is I've been playing Celtic music on my violin and I will literally go to bed at night with music in my brain and can see yeah. my fingers moving and <laughs> like there's no space to think about pains and symptoms because right. there's the passion project is so loud mm -hmm. and that's where another piece of long-term recovery comes in because we can all slip into old habits and you will have probably felt that at some point over the last eight months you have kind of like a, a regression day yeah and then we've got to tap back into okay where are my priorities where am i going how am i choosing to live my life and that's that's kind of part of that spiritual growth mm -hmm. um do you want to speak to that a bit about you know reconnecting with nature being the mother you want to be all of that all of those things yeah, yeah um so many of those things i mean i think first of all that biggest gift one of the other big gifts that came out of this was just um just connecting my brain and my body again but also just finding that self-compassion that um yeah. being the mother of five and um and a wife as well on top of all my other relationships i i just do i do a lot of caregiving um and i have some kids who have some medical needs too so it's even kind of above maybe what might be average but um i just hadn't cared for myself and so that gift of you know when we first started meeting and you had me put my hand on my heart, I felt so goofy. Yeah. Um, it was just so weird. I was like, oh my goodness, I don't know if this is for me. <laughs> but um, I do that now all the time when I just feel like I need, I need touch. And I had deprived myself of that for so long and it's so comforting. So that's been huge. It's just that kindness to myself. Um, I've also reconnected with the things that I love and I kind of went through an experimental time. Um, I was a musician as well for, um, you know, 10 years growing up. That's what I studied. And <clears throat> I kind of returned to that some and that was nice, but that wasn't quite, that wasn't quite me anymore. Um, and so I, I just kind of dabbled around in different things and have really gotten into this rhythm of just, Yes, being outside is where I am happiest, and um, and I love being outside and exercising, and that's been huge in my recovery. Um, <laughs> yeah, uh, and gardening I've taken up, and just yeah, things that I I had given up in my self care, and I think that's part of. Uh, I mean, that's at least half of where my disconnection came from. I just didn't even know who I was anymore, and so. Um, I'm yeah. enjoying myself. I'm enjoying the season of just trying different things. And um, yeah. Thank you for sharing that. We're actually, we're going to have a live, uh, a free Q&A call coming up January 21, maybe January 20 in the States. Mm -hmm. And one of the topics we're going to discuss is this, this phenomena that you're talking about now, which is when we experience pains, so chronic symptoms, we we'll yeah. tend to base our life on avoiding things that may trigger it or make it worse. So every decision is based on avoidance, distraction, yes. denial, you know, trying to push through, trying to keep busy, trying to not think about it, trying mm -hmm. to buy devices or take medications that will numb the pain, right? So it all becomes about avoiding pain and we end up living in a fear-based life. Now there's nothing wrong with that if it rocks your jocks and it works for you. So I'm not judging that process, but what tends to happen is we lose our joy. We disconnect from things that please us. We're no mm -hmm. longer saying, 
hey, I just want to go surfing because it makes me feel joy. We're going, oh no, I can't surf because I might get dizziness or I don't want to get water in my ears and that will make my tinnitus worse, right? So we start to say, no, I can't go gardening. No, I can't go outside because of the Mm -hmm. wind in my ears. No, I can't go to the gym because the the lights are too bright. No, I can't do this. I can't do that. So a really huge part of the fight, flight, freeze system is actually reconnecting with joy and saying yes to things that bring pleasure and joy because then you get a different hormonal and neurotransmitter release pattern, which Mm -hmm. enables neuroplasticity. So contacting joy, pleasure, sexy time, sensuality, all of that, Mm -hmm. so important for healing. And I think people get far too trapped in the cycle of symptoms, focusing on symptoms, wanting to get rid of symptoms, wanting to eliminate symptoms, wanting to control symptoms, wanting to medicate, suppress, whatever. And it's like, that doesn't work. And so many people have tried that and spent a lot of time and money focusing over in that quadrant when actually the healing is nowhere near there. It's the polar opposite in it's in joy, it's in pleasure and it's in discovering, I think, you know, deep down at the bottom of it, who am I? What am I doing on this planet? What's mm-hmm. meaningful to me and how can I reconnect? And, mm-hmm. and I think as you've discovered that changes over time, cause it may have been viola and piano yeah. a decade or so ago, but now it's like, I'm, I'm into gardening. And yeah. so we, we have to constantly be a, be flexible because we're actually evolving as a dynamic being. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, so exciting, really. It is. Yeah. So for all of you folks out there who are feeling like hopeless, helpless, the whole, I've got to live with this forever thing. Like I just challenge you to question that. Never let other people tell you what you're capable of. Like never let anybody else tell you what you can and can't do. Like that to me is just the ultimate abuse. Don't listen to anyone telling you about your inner world. You're in control of your inner world. You're the person who decides what you can and can't do and what you do and don't believe in. So really take your power back. And, you know, Dawn's just shared a really beautiful description of having 17 years of trying everything, being told there's nothing that can be done and really having that aha moment moment of going, you know what, this is in me, this is my stuff and I'm going to figure this out. And she went through and did that. And eight months down the track now, Dawn has five children is back into her daily life. And do you want to speak a little bit, a little bit maybe about where to from here, like how you may be going to start investing in the next phase of your life and opening up doors of opportunity? Yeah. I mean, I think it's, we've had one or two conversations about um, moving forward and I, um, I'm in this great stage, which Joe, you've been so encouraging this kind of mid forties, um, you know, really different than where I've been before. And so I'm kind of trying to figure out what steps are next in this process has been huge. Um, my desire is to, to share and to encourage others. And so I'm just starting to, um, dream about what that might look like. Um, again, the areas that I'm interested in and, you know, possibly going to do some schooling or certifications or something. And, um, I don't know. We'll see. I feel like it's just, it's just a time of discovery still, you know, what is it? Who am I? And what do I like? And if, if I don't have the rest of my life to plan out my dizzy days and how I'm going to (laughs) like, 
I'm going to keep my kids from having to take care of me every single day because I can't walk, which was my original plan. Um, now I have this whole world open. So I'm just trying to, yeah, just to stay present with where I'm at and decide what the next step looks like. And it's so amazing that to go from that place of, gosh, all I can do is survive to mm -hmm. I'm thinking of starting a whole career. I've got all this time on my hands now and all these yeah. open doors that I can go back to school and I can look at a whole new future. I mean, that's just incredible. So well yeah. done. Mm, thank you. And, you know, I think for people with triple PD, go gently on your doctors. They are not given much training in this. So they may not even know about the diagnosis, persistent postural perceptual dizziness. It's a complicated condition. It's definitely the physical, mm -hmm. mental, emotional, and spiritual intersect. It's very unlikely that a simple medication is going to be your long-term solution. And it's very unlikely that simple generic physical exercises are going to be your solution. There undoubtedly will be emotional and spiritual factors at play. And as Dawn described, you know, there is a process you have to go through of kind of fighting your own demons and potentially feeling a bit silly in that process as you reset and rewire your inner system. Mm -hmm. The Rocksteady process takes you through that in six modules. You can do it in 12 weeks or you can, well, you keep it for life so you can keep doing it ongoing. And as Dawn said, sometimes getting that extra private therapy is another way about getting the support and having the one-on-one -on -one time to talk or to share an email and, and share the journey in that way. It just has a different flavor for those of you who want the one-on-one -on -one support. So do you have any parting words of wisdom that you want to share with the listeners? Dawn? Hmm. Yeah, I just, I think if I could have spoken to myself years ago, I just would have said, just stop and just stop and listen a little yeah. to yourself. I mean, I, instead of, you know, Googling so much and, um, and, and like you're saying, the doctors did, were well-meaning. I don't doubt that, but I was not taking enough responsibility and just listening to myself and being kind to myself. And, um, yeah. And so I think I'm just thankful. I'm so thankful to you for giving me space. I really just feel like you were there to hold me in this place and support me. And, um, you know, on top of all the information you provide, just your presence was, I just needed someone else to encourage me that, um, yeah, that I could do it and that there was hope. Yeah. So Beautiful to stop and listen. I think that's really beautiful wisdom there from Dawn. So I'm really <laughs> excited to see, you know, what happens with your future career and how you, share some of this beautiful wisdom with the world to so keep us posted on that. I will. Thank you. Thanks for this community too. I heard so many of you on the live calls and um, all of you have been inspiring to me and I, you know, I don't know that we'll ever meet in person, but um, I would call you friends. So thank you. Yeah. Yeah. And drop a line in our Facebook group, Rocksteady for Vertigo and Tinnitus. That's free for people to join. It's a non-judgmental community where we talk about healing, not symptoms. If you'd like to check out the free body scan or the free starter kit that Dawn mentioned, jump on my website, seekingbalance.com.au. And if you're ready to actually dive into healing in the step-by-step -step guided manner, go straight to Rocksteady. Uh, 
And you can also find that at seekingbalance.com.au. And there's applications if you'd like to apply for private therapy with me. Jump online and do that and I'll get in touch with you. So it's just so beautiful to connect with you. You're, you've been a delight to work with, Dawn. And, you know, that, that feeling of feeling crazy and what's going wrong with me and then going through that journey of self-compassion, self-kindness, trust and healing. I mean, you've just described that beautifully and I've seen it. And the robustness of the human body to repair itself never ceases to amaze me. It's really the one piece of, of kind of comment I would give the listeners is never underestimate the power of your body to heal itself. Like your body is so complex and so miraculous. It is much more powerful than you realize that that's, that's what I'm learning. The more people I meet. Mm. So it's a bye for now. I'm Joey Remini from seekingbalance.com.au. Thank you so much, Dawn. And I look forward to hearing from you in the future. Yeah. Thank you, Joey. Bye. (laughs) Bye everyone.